Over the 34 plus years that we've been a church, Oasis Church, we've been involved in missions. And when we say missions in the church world, the religious world, it's talking about taking the gospel message to other nations or to people in need. And what, how we do that is that we have, uh, we reach out to people locally in, in our community and in our own country and then around the world, global outreach. And today, I just want to talk to you a little bit about our global efforts. And when we, and using that term to missions, then other people might use the phrase global outreach or humanitarian efforts and work. And that's what generosity.org is about. And um, when I first think about our involvement in different mission or global outreach, way back, uh, my first journey to Africa was to Nigeria. And we got involved in supporting organizations in, in places like Mexico or the Philippines and, and, and Nigeria, for one. And so um, how I first went, was I don't recommend this to anybody, because we often started out and just jumped in and went, oh, maybe I should have rethought that. So one day I got a letter inviting me to go to Nigeria. I was like, okay. And, um, you know, it could have been anybody who put pastor by their name, but I had a friend from church and we said, let's go to Nigeria. And I've never been before and it could have gone so much worse, but um, God blessed us. And we, we went there. And um, uh, it was a great experience, quite a shock in, in what's involved in reaching out into other countries. And, and um, my first day, I was kind of a little amateur photographer, so I had a little 35 millimeter camera and I would take pictures wherever I went, but I went there. So I'm taking pictures, waiting for the pastor to come get us. And the police had pulled somebody over on the side of the road and they were going through their car. And so I took a picture. Yeah, not a good idea. Thank you. Um, so then the people who were in the car pointed me out to the police. So then they all came over to talk to me together. And so then they wanted my camera and then they wanted to take me to jail. And they wanted. And so I said, well, how about the film? And so I pulled the film out and then reached into the back and gave them a different roll of film because <laughs> I wanted the, the photo. But... Uh, <laughs> But then uh, the pastor showed up and did some heavy negotiating and, and got us out of trouble, I guess. And so uh, we went and saw the work that they did there. And, and uh, each, each time we would go, we would learn something. You know, I learn a lot from my mistakes, so I'm planning on making a few more in the next couple months. But, but uh, my last trip there was with a pastor who was so influential in the country of Nigeria that he was in, listed in the top 10 most influential people in the nation. And I spoke for him at his church. And after church, we're having a meal. And I'm like, it's time for the plane to go. And he's like, oh, let's have something else. And I'm like, we got to get to the plane. And so he goes, oh, don't worry. So we're driving to the airport at the time the plane should be taking off. And so we pull onto the runway and like a Nigerian air is waiting for us. And they, we pull up and he gets out and walks on the plane. 
Thank you, everyone, for my guest. And, and so I'm sure everybody's looking at this idiot is why we're waiting. So, um, you know, this strategy of fire, aim, ready is not always the best leadership approach, but I guess it's better than not doing anything. But uh, something stood out to me in the scripture from the story that you might know as the Good Samaritan. Most people might know of the idea of what a Good Samaritan is, somebody who helps other people out. But as you, you read the scripture, you hear that Jesus told this story, and, and there was a religious expert, a, uh, an expert of the Old Testament law, said to Jesus, what's the most important thing? Remember that? What's the most important thing? And in Luke chapter 10, he tells him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? So Jesus is saying the most important thing, love God with all that you have and love your neighbor. And so we learn that he's saying, well, who's my neighbor? Because it's so easy for us to be good to the people who look like us and who think like us and who vote like we, we do. And, you know, we, we love those people who love us. It's just those weird people that's hard. And, and we have a way of saying us and them. Let's help them. And Jesus told the story about the Good Samaritan, and it was like, it's all us. Who is my neighbor, he said. So then he tells a story where about the hero is the Samaritan. Well, the Jewish audience that's listening, they didn't like the Samaritans. You know, that's just, um, you could take any opposing groups of people in our world today. You know, even imagining political oppositions. And, and so Jesus is telling the story to one group, making the other group the hero. So this man is going to Jericho and he gets beaten up by robbers and they steal from him. And, and so the first man that walks by is a priest, a Jewish priest, high priest. And he goes to the other side of this, the road and keeps going. Now, we don't know if he's afraid that if he stops, you know, maybe it's a setup and he's going to get robbed or uh, maybe there's some laws about not touching somebody who's a Samaritan so you, you won't be unclean. But whatever, he, he passes on by and says, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And so he goes on. And so then another guy, a Levite, who is a specialist in, in the, the law and administration of, of the temple practices, and he goes on. So then the, the next person, you would think it's another Jewish guy who's more spiritual than the other ones. But no, this is a Samaritan. This is the bad guys. And he stops and loves this man and, and helps him. And so Jesus ends up the story in verse 36. He said, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell under the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. That was the commission of Jesus. So to you and I, we are to love God with all that we are. And we're to love our neighbors. When there's an opportunity, when we see somebody in need, that we reach out to them. And if you notice, it wasn't about 
getting them to change how they think or change their beliefs or, or to correct them first or fix them and then love them. It was just helping them right where they are in that moment. So I'm telling you this because of this focus on missions and, and reaching out to people, humanitarian work. And um, it, it's so important for us to recognize the value of this. And over the years, over these 34 years, it has intensified, it has developed, and it has been something very powerful, and I'm excited about where we can go together in 2019. So one of the things I want to talk to you about here is, is generosity water. So about uh, 11 years ago, 2006, 2007, we became more aware of, of the intensity of the needs, the health needs of people. And I felt this desire, like I didn't want to go and just go preach to people in another country, but I wanted to earn the right to be heard by how we love. So go help and then create a trust. And then it's like, why are you doing this? So then we share the, the message of Jesus who we serve. So I became aware of the water crisis. The UN released a figure that said 1.1 billion people in the world at that time did not have access to clean water for drinking or sanitation. 1.1 billion. That just was so huge in my mind, I couldn't even understand. That was one in six people at the current uh, estimates of the population without clean water. And so I started to do some studying and looking into it and thought, well, let's see who we can help. We can't help a billion people, but maybe we can help one community. We can help one uh, group. And so we started connecting and partnering with people and we, we even um, made up our own little bottles of water and sold them for a dollar donation in the lobby. And you'd have to sell a lot of bottles of water to really make a big difference. But I realized after a minute you could ask people to give and it would save you a lot of time handing bottles out. <laughs> so um, the World Health Organization says that 3.4 million people die each year because of water-related diseases. So the, it, it's the number one cause of sickness and death, more than civil war, more than AIDS, more than um, um, famine, all those combined. It's water-related illness. At this point, uh, UNICEF tells us that 844 million people to this day don't have clean, access to clean water, that 340,000 children under five die each year from diarrhea-related illness, which is directly related to the water issues. And 2.3 billion today don't have a decent toilet. So this plays into where we've been, what we've done, and where we're going. And um, we came up with this idea of generosity water because we thought, well, if we could get people to be generous uh, and help others, 
then, then those people could in turn be generous and help others. But we started in figuring out ways that we could do this. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, Jesus says this. If you give, look at this, if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Now, we're not doing this like, oh, here's a way to get a reward. But we're seeing that just a cup of water has such value in the eyes of our Lord that there's, he'll reward that action. And look at how it's said in a different place in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 9. It says, if anyone gives you even a cup of water. First, it's we're giving a cup. Then someone's giving us a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah. That person will surely be rewarded. So again, this um, accentuates the spirit of generosity, giving and helping others and teaching them how to do the same. See, what's important for us to recognize is that generosity is a godly value that is not replaced by anything else. It is a quality that is not optional for you and I as followers of Jesus. We should be motivated and defined by generosity. First of all, because God is generous with us. His generous forgiveness, his generous grace, his generous provision. And it wouldn't be unusual that in a, any group to have some people think, well, wait a minute, I've prayed for this and I've prayed for that and I didn't get it. So sometimes we start picturing God as hard to deal with or hard to convince to bring blessings. So we get an idea, maybe he's not so generous. But when you begin to read scripture and really see, uh, it gives us clarity because he is a generous God. And in um, James 1.5, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. And when we read John 3.16, the, the great scripture on salvation, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. So it was love that caused him to give. And what did he give? His one and only son, his best he gave. That's the generous God we're talking about. Much of our faith and our trust in him is learning how to trust him so that we experience the generous blessing that God has for us in our life. I want to read a portion of scripture, and I, I'm not going to comment a lot on it, but I want to ask you to take this portion of scripture and reflect on it, meditate on it, ask God to speak to you in your life, not, not just for this season, but maybe making 2019 a year of generosity for you and what that might look like. And so let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, remember this. This is a good reason we're reading it today so we can remember it. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. 
For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. And as a result of your ministry, they will give God glory. And verse 13 says, For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. So, back in 2006, 2007, we're becoming aware of this, and so then we started to raise money in Oasis to let's fund a project and let's fund another one and let's raise money and build a well. And, and so we started doing this for a couple of years, and in 2008, my son Jordan, who's here, uh, became co-founder of Generosity, and he uh, got us... Um, qualified as a 501c3 organization separate from Oasis so that uh, businesses and uh, schools or whatever it might be where there's a restriction on how much they could give or if they could give, if it was a religious organization, we would eliminate that so we could do more. And so he was um, CEO for years and, and just helped accomplish so many things that we were able to do. Much of the success that you've seen has been because of his work. And then a couple years ago, um, actually a few years ago, we switched the name so that Generosity Water is, is now a for-profit company that's completely unrelated to us. So we are no longer Generosity Water. We're generosity.org. And so that took place. And then uh, a couple of years after that, I became the CEO. And so over this whole journey of time, I want to just show you what our impact has been uh, as a church so we have provided clean water for 470,000 people. That's, that's enough to fill the Rose Bowl five times. It's 813 water projects in 20 different countries. So when I see these Figures, and I see these numbers, it's so easy for us to lose sight of the face. And to me, what makes the difference is since I've been there and I've built relationships and I've seen people, when you think of a, a billion people or a million people, it's a number. But when you start to meet people and see their faces and hear their story, then it becomes so much more meaningful. And so I have a few photos I'm going to show you, and I just threw a pile of photos in this little folder, and so we're going to look at them. There's some kiddos uh, posing while we're bringing out clean water from the, the well that we did. And the next one is, uh, this is a girl that came to Oasis on Christmas Eve with Watoto Choir about six or seven years ago, and her name is Ed Vine. And so we support her and sponsor her monthly. And she has become such a great young woman with a lot of potential and vision for what she wants to do in her life. And so that's one of those thousands of people. A, a face and a name helps you understand the impact of what happens. So we have another picture. This is Hope. 
on the right with this big beaming smile. Um, she's the first baby that I met in Watoto Ministries in Kampala. She was an accidental rescue. They had sent their social workers out to a rural area to pick up a child that could no longer be cared for, and they had sent word, so they went to get her. And while they were there getting this other girl, they learned that Hope was going to be given to the local witch doctor as a sacrifice because of the beliefs that they had of removing, you know, curses or whatever. And so they took her too. And this is Hope. And so I've been uh, sponsoring her and been going to visit her uh, annually. And you can see she's like, she's 11 years old and she's like 5'11". I mean, so she's, uh, who knows what's going to happen with her. I'll be looking up to her one day. And um, so another photo, the next is, this is Daniel. Daniel is my, with my first trip to go and see one of the wells that we did in Peche Village up near Gulu. I met Daniel when he was just a little kid. And he wasn't a part of Watoto, but we began sponsoring him. And because of my relationship with him, he then ended up in their school. He's graduated to what we would call high school, and he wants to go to college. And the college he wants to go to is so he can be an airplane mechanic. And so we're going to see that that happens. And I took him to an airport there. That was, that was the closest he'd ever been to an airplane, <laughs> I think. So um, it's just exciting to see a story rather than just a number. Another photo is these are kids in Guatemala where we brought uh, a well there and had some of our team there earlier. And the next photo is just a picture of kids where you think this is each one has a story, each one has a dream, each one has a potential that God's put in their life. And so it's not just thousands of people, it's individuals, it's one of us that we want to help. Okay. Next photo, this is just a girl in Central African Republic by the jerry can where she would carry water. And there, here is a woman. Uh, obviously, she's a, a woman who has seen a lot and been through a lot, but she's learning a skill. She learned how to sew. She learned how to make things so that she could sell them. She's got her own little business going because of the investment they've made in her life. And it's breaking that cycle of poverty in every age that we can. Look at the next photo. There's uh, a lot of what we would see is young kids would go get water, especially the girls, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But another photo is uh, this is that well that we did at a school my, on my first trip there in uh, Peche. And here's my son Jordan with the group. I, I think this is in Haiti. I can't remember exactly, but... Uh, that was in the earlier years when he was there. And then this is him speaking about generosity here on our platform and what he did many places. This is uh, my daughter Paris and I opening an, a baby's home that Oasis funded uh, over the years and taking care of orphan babies and getting them into homes that can help them thrive in life. And uh, what else do we have? They like it when you provide water, so usually they put on a little show, they do a little dancing, they really are grateful, and uh, it's always exciting to see what they do. So that's, that's good for now. I just wanted to show you a bunch of pictures that um, we have.
So one of the things that we found out in our journey is that saying where it says, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him to fish, you can feed him for a lifetime. And so we found the same equivalent with if you give a cup of water, you quench a thirst for the day. But then if we could teach them how to change their community and, and care for themselves, then we could change that community for a lifetime. And so where we've started to go in, in, in now and in 2019, the, the good news that I have to present to you is that uh, generosity.org will be the main expression of Oasis Church, our missions and global effort. So all that we do is going to go through generosity.org. And it's not just about wells, but all that we can do with the community. And I have a brief little video to show you and explain to you what we're doing. And this is the, the exciting part of this on, on what we will see happen through our work together as a church. Generosity.org exists to break the cycle of poverty, restore dignity, and inspire dreams. With your support over the last decade, we've reached over 470,000 people in 20 nations, completing over 800 water projects. Providing people with clean water and sanitation is the foundation of what we do. It's the root system that supports the branches of our generosity tree. Water provides for basic survival, but now we're going beyond simple survival to help communities thrive. That's why we are focusing not only on clean water, but expanding our reach into other areas for a more holistic and sustainable community development. We'll provide medical aid, education, family support, mentorship, economic development, legal assistance, and disaster relief. The spirit of generosity is not only about being generous ourselves, but empowering people we help to become generous themselves. The concept of charity has existed for centuries, but it's the idea of giving someone a fish. But as the saying goes, that only feeds them for a day. By empowering and equipping these communities through the spirit of generosity, we help them become self-sufficient and instill in them that same spirit of helping their neighbor. That moves us from a place where communities are just relying on us to a place where communities utilize the tools that we provided to become stewards of their own destiny. That's how we change the world. Generosity.org will continue providing sustainable clean water solutions as well as training on healthy sanitation and hygiene practices in the communities where we work. By providing medical supplies and taking medical teams to communities without access to medical care, Generosity.org will support the health and well-being of individuals and their families. 
As part of our mission, we support individuals and communities to improve education, as well as provide support and scholarships for long-term schooling and training. In addition to contributing to healthy family relationships, Generosity.org will care specifically for widows and orphans, as well as provide aid and support for refugees and their families. Generosity.org will help young men develop their goals and dreams and also help prepare them with the steps to pursue those goals. As a result, developing youth will be equipped to further contribute to their families, their communities, and beyond. We leave you with this project we've spearheaded to build Haiti's first baseball field, the Field of Dreams an initiative where young men receive mentorship through the game of baseball. These are the first branches to sprout on our generosity tree. With your support, we can reach new heights and full bloom. I invite you to join this movement of generosity. So the band is gonna come up and support me in my final 20 minutes of the message. Just kidding. What we began to see was the, the layered impact of poverty. So when we use the term breaking the cycle of poverty, it is a real thing. That you can provide clean water but then if everybody is sick or there's not enough education or they don't have their own economic resource, things begin to collapse. And so we've expanded into these other areas. So for instance, the first time we built a few wells, we found out that it didn't have a long life to them because the community needed to be involved in ownership. They needed to have responsibility. They needed to give something. So when the communities would, the families would give 50 cents a month or a dollar a month, somehow their care began to go up. And then we found that a lot of times the children were doing the work and going to get what the water and so they couldn't go to school. So then we started putting the wells near schools so that children could walk to school, get an education, take the water, and then come home. And then we learned that, well, there's another part of this that uh, a lot of the girls were doing a lot of the carrying water and they were, it was good until they got to be about 12, but when they would start having their period, then the attendance rate in school would just drop off tremendously because there was uh, a, a lack of education, there was um, uh, myth about the shame involved and so we partnered with or organizations so we were getting free uh, sanitary pads to schools we get education with what is going on because what would happen is a lot of girls would go to school then they would stay home for uh, a week or two each month and so then fall so far behind they just quit and then the, here's where that cycle of poverty is the parents were like well then you should go ahead and get married because then I'd get a dowry if you're not going to get an education. And so they're getting married and having babies at teenagers and changing the direction of their life, but saying, no, let's, let's keep them in school. Let's let them get an education and, and develop an economics resource for their family. 
when, uh, when I was at that place with the, the well, um, there was, uh, I went to use the latrine and wow, that was a shocking experience because uh, this latrine that they had was built 15 years ago, designed to accommodate 50 people for five years or something like that. And so the only thing is they had two or 300 students and it was ancient. So it was a physical risk going into the structure as well as the sanitation problems that take place. And so early on, we funded a, this would be a latrine sample of one of the places that we visited. But what we built with generosity.org was this, the next photo shows you, we, it was five stalls for girls and five stalls for boys. And so that they could go in a clean and it's, it's that restoring dignity. There's something until you're there in the middle of it, you can see how much that pushes you down. And so we're trying to free them so that they can, can dream big. And so then we, medical needs become an issue. Like the reason they get sick is the water. So we're working on the water, but some people are sick now. And so now we're partnering with an organization and hopefully in the beginning of 2019, we're gonna send a shipping crate full of brand new donated hospital equipment to Uganda so they could never get this if it wasn't for something we were doing. It's probably getting a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment for free to them. And um, so these are the kind of things that we're doing to augment what we've done, help stimulate the economy for them. And, and so um, there's so many different things that we could do, but I'm telling you, when I watch the development of these kids, just through education, you can see the transformation of life and what the potential is. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that you're a part of it with us. So this leads us to the final question is, um, what could we do to help? And so one thing that you could do to help is give. And so we have this legacy campaign, this legacy offering that you could give. Our goal is 250,000, as you saw. Uh, a large portion of that is going toward generosity.org. And then also with the, the location plant we'll have here in the valley later in the year. And throughout the year, you, could, you can go to uh, generosity.org and donate. You know, something a lot of people didn't know about, I told them last service. For those of you that buy things on Amazon, you can sign up and you can go to smile.amazon and there's a drop down that let you can pick generosity.org and Amazon takes from their profits a percentage and for everything that you purchase for your regular living, they will send a monthly amount to generosity as a donation. And so you can do that at just um, without even uh, realizing it because uh, it doesn't take money out of your, your ability. So then the second thing is just inform others, engage others in the journey and, and educate people, inspire people, rally people together. And then thirdly is just be part of our team. Just be part of a, a group effort. You know, we could break off and do so, single things ourselves, but there's so much more power when we come together and give and, and really make a difference. So I'm excited to see where we can go as a church and where we can go with generosity.org, making an impact around the world. And um, I want to ask you to just pray and ask what you could do. Some of you 
might be able to give $5. And the temptation is so great for somebody to think, a million people, hundreds of thousands of dollars, what does my $5 do? It's not important. Yes, it is. Every, what everybody can do is crucial. It's just your level of generosity that matters. Some people in our church could definitely write a check for 20,000 or, or more, and that is their ability. But that doesn't mean that each one of us doing what we can do isn't just as crucial as, as those kind of things. So um, please let God lead you and inspire you. Let this be a part of what he leads you. But I wanna close this time with prayer and uh, let's just ask God to, to bless our effort together. So Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have. We see the need is great and we see that the opportunity is great. And Lord, I thank you that what we do this month, what we do in the next year can make a huge difference. And so we ask you to bless this vision, bless our efforts and inspire people to be a part of what we're doing together in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you will be honored by our yieldedness and obedience to you. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.